Hey guys, it's Max Miller, Zach Zary, and Oakley Rose. Welcome to a well-placed cuss. Alright, everyone, welcome back to the big 4-0, number 40 for a well-placed cuss. How is everyone doing? Hopefully well. I'm here today with Zach Zary over Zoom once again. We warned you last week and it came true. Zach, how you doing? Good. Um, we're here. We we mentioned it previously. A little bonus uh, episode for you. Uh, a little something special for your Friday evening. Two episodes in one week. Um, yeah, episode number forty. More more of a bonus episode. We're gonna briefly touch on some of the sports news in the world. Uh, only because including... so much has happened. Yeah. Only only because so much has happened. We will still save some stuff for next week's episode, but. Uh, yeah, we'll briefly go over some MLB news and then we'll it'll be the main focus and why you're watching this video is uh, the Great Cup and uh, I guess our preview of it, the Great Cup special. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up that there there is a lot of news that is happening in the sports world, but we can only cover so much of it and then uh, you'll have to wait for next week's episode. Just think of this as a, as a bonus episode of a well-placed class. Yes, sir. Yeah, so like I said, welcome to the Grey Cup special. But before we get into any football, we got to talk about some baseball that's been happening. It's been absolutely, uh, it's been a minefield of news that's been coming in. Uh, we'll start out with the with probably the biggest acquisition so far, I believe, of the uh, MLB free agency. And it heavily involves our favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays. And that is uh, Teo Hernandez is a member of the Seattle Mariners. And we got in return, we got Swanson and adam mako there we go zach what, what did you think of this trade so uh i woke up uh pretty late uh what what two days ago it happened so i woke up pretty late so got on my instagram feed and then of course everything was about t, t oscar hernandez him getting traded and whatnot and uh you know after some time to digest it initial like my initial thoughts was like what are we doing like it didn't make any sense to me why are we trading a guy to Seattle who we just lost to in the playoffs a guy that's in our uh you know in the AL with us um if he, if he was moved to the NL and maybe not such a like a, I guess a rival per se like it would have made a little more sense but uh after doing some more research into it it, it's it's making more sense to me. Um, T. Oscar is gonna is gonna want a lot of money. Um, he this will be his last year basically on his deal of control time, and he's gonna want a lot of money. What what do the Blue Jays have? You know they they have a pretty good depth. Uh, you know in the outfield, and this year there's a lot of good uh free agents. Cody Bellinger, lefty bat, and uh, uh as well as Brandon Nimmo of the the Mets here. So reports are they're going to target one of those two bats. I'd love to see and one of those guys come in. That'd be great. Um, and then also in the trade, you get in a Canadian prospect, uh, the Mariners' number eight prospect in Mako, pitching prospect. Who knows how he turns out? But the real key player um, is, of course, Eric Swanson, who I saw reports that some obviously we talk about we don't know that much about baseball compared to other sports but a lot of insiders are saying Eric Swanson instantly becomes basically the best reliever in the bullpen outside of maybe Jordan Romano so 
And obviously we saw in that game against uh, the Mariners how important relievers are in the game of baseball and how much the Blue Jays need a reliever. And Swanson has three years of control time, relatively cheap contract. So, I mean, it makes sense. And especially, I mean, the, the Blue Jays front office is probably not done here. They're probably going to make some more moves uh, to bring in another outfielder to replace Tio Hernandez. And you get a good uh, reliever. I think he's either 28 or 29, three years of control time. Instantly, you can plug him into the bullpen and becomes your, maybe your setup guy or one of your most uh, dependable guys. So I, I think that's uh, pretty big. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it maybe could have been a, a, a little bit of a stronger return, maybe another prospect or, or two or something like that. But uh, I think I think I understand it now. Yeah, definitely. And um, like you said, we have a lot of depth in the outfield. And, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of depth in pitching. So Mako hopefully can develop into a solid uh, – he's a reliever, hey? Yeah. Yeah, he'll, hopefully he can develop into a solid reliever. And Swanson, um, you know, is one of the best guys in, in, the, in the bullpen now. So I wasn't, I wasn't too upset about it. I think, I think I had the same reaction as you, and I think a lot of Blue Jays fans had that reaction. It was like, oh, it's – it's Tio. We love like we 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 love Tio. We don't want to get rid of him. Um, he's a good part of the culture and the team there. But um, he had a big re- regression year this year. Like he just he he wasn't the all star. He wasn't the silver slugger that he was the past couple of years. And like you said, the free agency class, uh, especially for outfielders, is uh, is very is very is going to be very high this year. And I also don't think the Blue Jays are done. But I think that I think this I think this benefits the Blue Jays more than people might think. I do agree. I feel like Hernandez's name alone could have gotten us more, regardless of his downward season. But uh, I'm 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 still happy with the return in the trade. Yeah, I feel like lots of people just jumped on it and said like Blue Jays like took the L on this trade. Obviously, a Mariners win. I mean, I could see that, but I don't think it's as heavy as like people are thinking. Um, especially if the Blue Jays get like a Brandon Nimmo or a Cody Bellinger or one of these yeah, high-end exactly. outfielders, I think it becomes a lot more easy to identify of, of what's happening, but it's hard to look at a guy like Tio that, that uh, I guess has kind of grown up in front of our eyes. And it's, it's rough to think his last game of a Blue Jays in a Blue Jays uniform at this point is his two home run performance against the Mariners. That's going to kind of go, like forgotten about because of the like the catastrophe that was that game so uh it's hard to hard to know but uh i think we'll we'll probably end up talking about this news uh, a little bit more um obviously we're gonna just touch a little bit quickly about some other baseball news and then we'll get right back to what you guys clicked on this video for um so yeah don't We'll talk more about uh, award winners and stuff, but I'll just quickly go through it. Sandy Alcantara, uh, pardon me, of the the Marlins uh, won the NL Cy Young. I feel like that was uh, a pretty easy choice along with uh, Justin Verlander. Shout out to Alec Manoa for getting uh, third place in the AL voting. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, love to see it, NL MVP. Um I feel like that's pretty consensus between me and you as well. Um, Aaron Judge was named uh, 
AL MVP after that historic season, uh, Buck Showalter, um, NL Manager of the Year. I feel I like that one. Uh, Terry Francona of the – oh, they're not the Indians anymore. I almost said Indians. The Guardians won it in, in the in the AL. Um, I thought that was maybe the one that I didn't really love. Um, I forget what the Orioles manager was, but I thought you could have gave it to him, especially with comparing the two rosters. Um, Julio Rodriguez, uh, Alfonso Davies' nemesis, uh, won uh, – the AL Rookie of the Year, and now he's joined by T. Oscar in that in that Mariners outfield, along with maybe Jared Kalenic. That's gonna be that Mariners outfield is deadly, actually. Holy cow! Now that I'm actually thinking about it, like that outfield may be the best outfield in baseball if Kalenic can uh, continue to develop. Michael Harris won NL Rookie of the Year from the Braves. I think I just have his- to say, Zach, b- before we move on from Julio Rodriguez, is he was so close to being unanimous too. Oh yeah, I, I think he I was have, one vote off. Really? Yeah. I mean, the year he put up, he was like the best player on that Mariners team. Oh yeah, he was. Which is insane. And then Michael Harris of the the Braves, I think he stole it from uh, Strider there, his uh, teammate. I think Strider actually deserved it, maybe a little bit more. But uh, I think those are all the awards. I hope I'm not completely glossing over something we got the we, we got the ci young awards here in the uh in the nl that was sandy alcantara yeah um, yeah i mentioned yeah and um and in the verlander. al justin verlander justin verlander is going to go down as one of the best pitchers of all time i mean he already is but he's reaching that goat status he's he's, he's reaching that that it's like it's it's him and kershaw are the pitchers of our generation yeah i think that's fair i'm there i mean there's thousands right i feel like mlb i've talked about this like the star power in mlb is like there's so many good players in the mlb yeah compared like if you look at like their top 100 compared to maybe like the nfl top 100 like it's insane like yeah, I feel and like, even i think it's even close when you talk about like basketball and hockey too because those guys like football you need a 53 man roster and basketball and hockey i'm not sure about hockey but basketball it's like you need 15 guys on the bench mm-hmm. so yeah um i mean we'll go more into depth about these award winners and then obviously i think there's some other news uh the angels just acquired geo ursula uh they also got really solid pickup really really solid pickup yeah they also got tyler anderson he declined signing with the dodgers and so that you know the angels are making moves they know shohei maybe not may not be impressed um you obviously have trout there the the two best players in baseball in my personal opinion when healthy um so getting tyler anderson is huge stealing them away from the other la team adding to that pitching that rotation and getting geo i mean the angels are making moves i love to see it i want to see trout and shohei in the playoffs and uh that team should be so much better so i love to see it um any other any other baseball news? Well, quickly? I think uh, uh, this isn't happening down on the field. It's happening in the management area. But Billy Bean, one of the most beloved characters and um, just personas in baseball, is uh, moving moving down or, I guess, just stepping aside from the uh, Oakland A's organization after 25 years. One of the best minds of baseball for the, for, for the past 25 years, his entire career. 
and uh, one of the best, I, one of the best movies all time ever made, Moneyball, about him. So that's unfortunate to see that, but I mean, that comes, there comes a time in everyone's career that they need to, they need to step aside and let someone else take over. And I guess it was that time for the Oakland A's and Billy Bean. Yeah, I mean, the A's need to relocate to Vegas. Is what? Oh yeah, needs to happen. That team is never gonna win with that bankroll and support there. Um, and then all. Also, I wanted to mention the Mariners also traded Kyle Lewis, former 11th overall pick, former top prospect to the Arizona Diamondbacks, basically making room for T. Oscar Hernandez. That Aaron, Arizona Diamondbacks, they have lots of good prospects there in the outfield. I know um, like that if those guys develop, I'm not sure. I think Kyle Lewis, I, he, he, he's dealt with injuries. I think he's got a concussion. So he might just turn into a full-on DH there for Arizona because like Arizona's got three stud outfielders like prospects that are like 22 23 so I think Kyle Lewis might just be used for his bat there but uh I think that's really all I mean there's obviously a lot more news to cover but I thought me and Max thought it was important to touch on lots of the MLB stuff while it was hot but uh next week's episode we'll talk way more about it but Max what everybody's been waiting for Great cup, full on. Get uh, we touched on it last episode, but uh, just give me your thoughts. We're uh, the day before the day before. I think I got that right. You know, I am incredibly excited, and I can't wait to discuss it. But I'm sorry to leave you hanging, Zach. We got to take a word from our sponsor, Bet Stamp. All right, everyone, as I said, we'll take a break and talk about our sponsor and friends, BetStamp. BetStamp is an amazing betting tool that anyone can use, whether you're new to the betting game or a veteran already in it. BetStamp is for you, I promise you. It is an amazing tool that helps you sort through all your bets, makes different accounts of different sports books so you can get the best bet. For example, if Caesars has a bet, but MGM has the exact same bet and it has better odds for you, you're going to want to choose that one to get the most bang for your buck. BetStamp does that all in one application. They're an amazing tool that anyone can use. And a huge shout out for them. They're uh, they're they're a great company to work with. And um, yeah, please use code WPC when you sign up for BetStamp to help support us, help support them. And, um, you know, if you want 250 free betting credits, send us a, send us a DM and we'll hook you up, make some money. Thank you so much, BetStamp. Make sure to use BetStamp for all your betting needs. So we'll get back to the CFL Grey Cup special now. And uh, so as I'm sure a lot of you know who listened to the last episode, I am going to the Grey Cup and uh, it's only what? It's only two days away now. I am I'm beyond excited to to head over there. It's going to be it's going to be a great time heading over there with uh, with my brother, who's not the biggest football fan, but. You know, I don't think there's a lot of people who would pass up uh, pass up an opportunity to go to the Grey Cup. I understand my dad, uh, as I said, he doesn't want to sit in the cold. So he was basically thanking my brother for taking the ticket and uh, sparing him from that long and cold winter night. But my brother's a fan of sports in general. And if you're a fan of sports in general, then the Grey Cup's for you. The environment's unmatched. Like, no matter who you're rooting for, I'm really disappointed Saskatchewan's not in it. But uh, I'm beyond excited to go, even though there's two teams that I dislike. Do you, do you know who you're trained for yet, Max? 
You know, I, I think subconsciously I'm cheering for the Bombers, but I think I said this last week again. I need to wait for the game to start sometimes before I actually uh, before I actually make a decision because subconsciously I might just start cheering for a first down or cheering for the touchdown. But uh, truthfully, it really doesn't matter. Even if I want a team to win, it'll just be by a sliver. Um, I'm just excited to watch the celebration for the Grey Cup, to uh, to see it unfold, just be a part of that whole experience I've wanted to see. And... Uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be, it'll it'll be really fun. I'm excited for it. That's a that's a bucket list thing for me for sure. For sure, I'm jealous of you. Uh, what time are you? What time are you leaving? Uh, well, I'll meet my grandpa in Regina for some lunch, and then probably. So you're leaving. To... You're leaving at like seven in the morning. You think? Uh... I don't know if anyone could hear that or not, but the entire contraption we use for recording the mics just fell. It's okay. Uh, no, probably not. Probably not like seven, maybe more closer to like nine or 10 or something like that. Probably okay, closer to enough. nine or something. But I want to do like a, at least an hour of tailgating before we get in there, find our seats, find some good food, find a beer. And uh, yeah, but... I'm going to Montana's for lunch, which I feel like is the ultimate spot to go before a rider game <laughs> or just a football game in general. Just get a mountain of meat on your on your plate, and you're you're solid. You gotta get the wings there. I I, I mess with the wings. A the lot, firecracker burger is fire. It's so <laughs> good. Those those are my two favorite things: firecracker yeah. burger and the wings. There. Um. Okay. Max. Uh. We mentioned a lot of stuff on the last episode, but this is gonna be a, a more in depth look at it. So I just want to get uh, like your overall view of uh, how this game is going to go and uh, maybe if you have some X factors, players to watch, um, matchups to watch or or stuff like that. So uh, hit me with it. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think I think this is going to be all about the matchups. Uh, you know, Toronto... Winnipeg secondary is is very good. You know, it's the it's it's the weakest part of the team, though. That's that's just tells you how good this Bombers team is. Like their secondary is one of their weakest parts, and uh, but they still have like two All Stars. It's crazy. But Toronto's biggest advantage are their receivers. So that it's going to be McLeod Bethel Thompson. I think Curly Gittens is going to be that X factor for them. I think that he is going to have a hundred yard game touchdown. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be a Curly Gittens night. And I think McLeod Bethel Thompson is gonna have a just a really, really solid night. But it will be the battle of the trenches. As much as we want to talk about, um, you know, the the flashy players, the Curly Gittens, the Dalton Shones, all 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 of these kind of players, you have to talk about the trenches. These are two teams that live in the trenches you have willie jefferson you have jackson jeffcoat you have jake thomas all coming off of that winnipeg line unstoppable like like unstoppable they're crazy they have the best o-line though too but you know who has the second bet you know who has the second best o-line that'd be toronto you know who has in my opinion the second best defensive line that would be toronto I am I'm in love with the way that the that the offensive line and defensive lines are set and prepared for Toronto. I think that games are won in the trenches, that's my opinion. And 
if any team is going to take this from Winnipeg, it's going to be Toronto because they thrive in the trenches. They do. So I think that offense needs to get going. You have to just acknowledge as a Toronto fan and as a member of the Argos coaching staff that guys are going to get burned. Guys are going to get tested all the time. It's not going to be a clear-cut game for either team. And you just have to recognize the matchups that you have. Like I said, I think Curly Gittens is going to be absolutely dominant in that secondary. But I'm I'm so excited. But for me, the trenches is what's gonna is what's gonna make or break these teams. If that if that offensive line for the for the uh, Bombers can hold up uh, Sean Oakman and 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 Jaguar Davis and that just the beast of an O line, then the Bombers might have it. But if they lose, if they if they lose that matchup, if they do anything to to lose the matchup in the trenches, Toronto could take it. Like this is why this is why football is so much more interesting than like than like uh, basketball or 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 hockey or those kind of sports with tournaments. Is it's a one game. It's one or done. You need to be prepared at every single second of every single game. And I don't think that I don't think this is a stretch by saying that Winnipeg has the better team in every single category against Toronto. Like, maybe, maybe the secondary, that could be argued. But honestly, I think that Winnipeg does have the most... I don't know how to say this. They're just so goddamn dominant. They have all-stars at every single level, at every single position. They are insane. But if you don't play like that all-star on Grey Cup, you are going to lose. And that's why I like Toronto for this. Toronto is... They have a everything that Toronto does, Winnipeg does better. But not by a substantial amount. It's not like Saskatchewan. It's not even like the Stampeders. Like, Toronto's offensive line, number two in the league next to Winnipeg's offensive line. Defensive line, and this is all my opinion, number two in the league next to Winnipeg's offensive line. Their receivers... I mean, at the start of the season, we thought Saskatchewan was going to have the best receiving core. Look how that turned out. Good Lord. We got, we're praying for Mitchell Picton to get back from injury. Like that's, that just shows you, but Toronto's, uh, Toronto's receivers, that core might damn well be the second best in the league. They're secondary, their defense, like Jamal Peters himself is, is, is going to be an X factor in that game. They're going to have to game plan around that man. There's so many different things at play, and I wish we had more time to talk about this because I'd love to go in on like Jamal Peters and Dalton Schoen and these just awesome matchups. But uh, I want to give you the floor, Zach. I've talked too long. What do you think of this game? Yeah, I'm not sure what was happening in my background here, but uh, uh, we're good now. But uh, yeah, I, I think one thing you you said that really stood out to me is it all matters. Like Winnipeg is easily the better team on paper, in my personal opinion. But th- that shit flies out the window when it comes to Grey Cup week, you know, and that Grey Cup day, you know. It's, you know, who wants it more? Who performs when their best is needed at this point in that game? You know, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I I think there's also the weather conditions, I think, could play a factor here. I think that's maybe one of my X factors. Winnipeg played that last game in the snow. They're, they're used to the prairies, not that much of a, a travel uh, Toronto's got to head out east or is from out east coming west. I mean, travel obviously plays a little bit of a part. Um, but I think everything you mentioned is 
True, but I think also a big X factor that I I don't know how I completely missed last episode. Zach Kalerov banged up his ankle last week. I had no knowledge of that. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't go out for the last drive. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, Drew Brown, I think, f- finished the game. Um, a, it a might combination. have been. It might have been the Dakota Pru Cup actually. It, it was. Of, I think it was both of them. Okay, yeah, because I just want to. I want to give a shout out to Pru Cup because uh, I've been in contact with uh, with him. I've shot him a few emails, and he's he sent his support for the pod. So shout out for shout out to him. Yeah, so I think it it was a mixture of both of them getting the job done, and uh, he didn't practice day one either. Um, I don't think there's any concern he's not playing, but that limitate, especially in a snowy field condition, that limitates maybe play action or him scrambling out of the pocket. I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, obviously, Winnipeg's offensive line is the best in the business right now, but uh, you know, when you got Jagger Davis or Sean Oakman coming right right down the middle right down the pipe or maybe get a, a blitz with Tinoch Mwamba coming off the edge or something like that. It, it affects his ability to escape or move around in the pocket. Um, who knows how it, it affects his planting and be, being able to throw. So all, all stuff like that, I think those are some uh, key X factors here. And uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I'm interested to see how the matchups are. Uh, Winnipeg's amazing versatile. I mean, yeah, Dalton Schoen, who, by the way, I didn't know this. He played for the 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 Chargers. He was on the Chargers for a bit. I mean, the was Chargers he? could, yeah, the Chargers could need him. Right they about do now. need him right now. I know, which is very ironic because <laughs> this guy is like balling out in the CFL, and we got guys that shouldn't be in the like. Let's get a trade going here. Like, let's send Michael <laughs> Bandy for Grey Cup Week, and let's get Dalton Schoen for the Sunday Nighter. Also, by the way. Chargers, I'm kind of pissed about this. The Chargers are playing the Sunday night against the Chiefs. They're getting healthier. You know what else the Sunday night at the Great Cup? So uh, I might be uh, channel flipping here. So uh, I'm kind of uh, – yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it is very unfortunate. So um, I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do that. But anyways, getting back to uh, CFL talk, like Dalton Schoen, Nick Dembski, Walatarski, Greg Ellingson um, – all, all those uh, Winnipeg weapons um, against that Toronto secondary and then vice versa, right? Curly Giddens Jr. Jr. is being the breakout player of the year, in my personal opinion. You know, you got all those weapons at Toronto. But I think my main matchup is, I think, who is not even players that are going against each other. I think it's Brady Oliveira versus Andrew Harris. Who who get who gets their team going? If you know Canadian football, it's the run in the trenches, like you mentioned. I mean, Oliveira is probably the lesser back, but he's got the better O line, right? Um, who who can get their team going? I mean, Andrew Harris is that vet. He's been in these games before. He's won two game two of these games. He's he's won three. Yeah, one of them in uh, BC. So yeah, that is three. He's he's a vet of this league. He's a leader, so I, I think that's a matchup I'm looking forward to. Who who's the better running back? Who who propels their team? Um, especially with uh, yeah. So I think that's my matchup because we both know these wide receiving cores are stacked. But who who can get the run going to set up that play action attack and get get the defense biting 
playing more, you know, blitzing schemes, run uh, stopping schemes and open up that passing game. So I think that's maybe my matchup I'm, I'm most like uh, looking forward to here. Yeah, that's a that's a really good matchup. And I, I didn't even think about that. Um, But you're right. Those are two players that, you know, are, like are going to see the exact opposites of each other on the field. Like they, they won't be at the field on the same time, but they're going to have some substantial uh, substantial playing time and roles in this game. And I think one thing above all else is we got to remember AJ Ouellette, the man with the long hair. The is, lettuce uh, on that man. He's a beast. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's shown obviously like I come to Saskatchewan, like, like he's, it's proven that he can be a starting running back on, on any CFL team now. Yeah. And I think having that, that kind of dual, that dual running scheme. And it's, it's a, it's a bit disappointing because Andrew Harris and AJ Ouellette are actually like, they have, they're very similar runners. They're both power runners. They rely a lot on, uh, you know, using their body to break those tackles. While a guy like Brady Oliveira is, uh, you know, he's more shifty. He tries not to get touched. He doesn't try to break it with his body. He tries to break him with a speed. So I would, I would love the the duo of Harris and Oliveira. Like if that continued, I would have loved that coming into this game because it provides two different kinds of running games and schemes. But Ouellette and Harris are so similar. But AJ Ouellette has proven that he can be um, that he's just a good playmaker in general. Like he can be put. I think I okay. He's I think he's very similar to, to Jamal Morrow in the sense that he can be used a lot in the passing game. He has good hands. You know he has he doesn't um, he doesn't really drop balls and he's more he can be more just kind of like that safety net and maybe like try to create. Try to create more plays for him uh, off the off the throw instead of just handing off. So I think yeah. maybe using him in that kind of format and almost like a almost like a Christian McCaffrey type of format, I think that could be really beneficial for them. But at the same time, you don't want to limit Harris. You want to get Harris going because I think I think Harris is still a better running back than than Ouellette actually is. Mm-hmm. But I think Ouellette is definitely a guy to watch out for for this game because. He's someone that can get an 80-yard touchdown out of nowhere. And just as soon as he gets to his third, fourth, fifth gear, he's gone. His legs are yeah. doing the work. He's yeah. gone. So yeah. that's definitely an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, the run game, that'll be a good one. Yeah, and then obviously look at what William Stanback did coming out of the half in that uh, Eastern final against that Toronto uh, box, basically. William Stanback was rip ripping it up. Um Big chunk plays kept them in the game there. Uh, so Max, I just want to get um, maybe you mentioned Curly Giddens Jr. Is there any other players that are your players to watch on both sides, both sides of the ball? I I might do like one offense and one defense of each team. So I'm wondering if you got some. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll I I I certainly I certainly do have a couple and. You know, one of them is, I mean, it's kind of an obvious one. It's Dalton Schoen, though. He certainly has the p- the potential to be, to get a, like a, a 150 yards in this game. He totally has that potential. But he's going to be, he's going to be matched up against a man named Jamal Peters. And Jamal has shown that, I mean, I think, I think he's the best corner in the league. I don't think there's a whole lot of, 
whole lot of debate, a lot of a lot of corners took a step back, and he took a big step up this year. And I think that you know that's going to be a, a majority of the of their matchup. And if 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 Peters can limit Shown to under fifty yards, under sixty yards, that's that's is really going to help them win that game, stopping their number one receiver. But at the same time, you still got Dembski, you still got Bailey, you still got Wallatarski. Is Ellingson in, in this game? I, I haven't seen Ellingson. They've been. Okay, shout out for the CFL PR. Um, one of my biggest critiques is them not promoting the game enough and putting content out. They've been pounding out the content this week for the CFL. So props Absolutely. on them. But it should be like this every week, like is my thing. But uh, I haven't seen Greg Allenson in m- many of the photos. Um, so I'm I'm not sure what his status is at this point in time. But uh, obviously it'd be nice for the, the Blue Bombers to get that, that uh, and great player back so i definitely but of all the receivers that i named none of them are near as as dynamic and explosive as dalton shown has uh has as dalton shown has shown us like he's he's a beast he's the he's he's a kansas beast and if if they can limit him that limits caleros because i guarantee you that caleros is going to want to go to dalton almost every single play almost every single play and you take that option away from him, and he's left with solid receivers, but none of them are on uh, Shown's level. Well, on the other side, so I I would say those are my two. That I would say Shown and Peters, my X factor offense for Winnipeg, and my X factor yeah. defense for Toronto. Yeah. And then for uh, for offense of Toronto, you know, as we're talking about it, I I, I would say Curly, but uh, I kind of feel like I kind of I. I kind of feel like a guy with experience really sh- thrives and shines in these games. You know, I can I can take almost any example, but I think the one that resonates probably closest with me is uh, G. Roy Simon in that 2013 Grey Cup. That was 100%. a guy who people say he was washed. People say that he was uh, that he just wasn't he, he wasn't he, he used was, properly. Exactly, and um, I remember G. Roy. He had a great quote that he was like, "You know, when, when you want to use me, I'm here." And Durant used him. And a guy like that is who thrives in this game. And I think I think Brandon Banks. I love this. That's where I was going to. I yeah, I completely yeah. agree here. Brandon no, I Banks, I think he's 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 been in like two or three of these games. I'm not sure. Well, he he was actually in the one against Saskatchewan in 2013 when he was uh when he was a young player. So he's been in like two or three of these games. He knows the experience, he's never won one. But he knows how to win these. He knows how to at least play in these games. He knows how to thrive in them. He's never been able to to secure the W, but he's always been he's always been a great force and a great just a great playmaker in these type of big games. And I think that Toronto is going to want to use him. You know, Curley's a very young player. McLeod Bethel Thompson doesn't have Grey Cup experience. Uh, I think they're going to rely heavily on on those on those offensive vets and Brandon Banks and uh, definitely Andrew Harris as well. Yeah, I I was I'll, I'll just quickly add on to it before you get to your beef, uh, Winnipeg defensive player. But mm-hmm. I think Brandon Banks. I think he's been in four at least because it was that one game where he was like the best returner ever against Calgary. Yeah, and we all know what happened with his one return got called back. Um, then the two back to backs the last couple of years, right? Right? Was he with Hamilton last year? Oh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he, he was. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Hamilton last year. 
um, and then the year before, and then the Ryder game. So he's been in in four of them at least, unless I'm completely whiffing on something. But wow. you know, you look at that Toronto offense. You got Devaris down Daniels, Curly Giddens Jr. Those guys are playing on the boundary side, the weak side of the the field, the smaller side. Usually, where more targets, especially in the CFL, where it's a a very wide field. Those guys are gonna get coverage by you know the the Rose, the Nichols, the Alexanders. Those guys are gonna in Winnipeg secondary, and those are the three big guys on that side of the field, right? They're the be- three best players in the secondary. That leaves on the other side of the field, right? A Brandon Banks. I mean, he's not the legend that G-Roy is, but he's a pretty damn good player, former MOP in this league. He's a he's a vocal leader. He hasn't been used as much as I would have liked in uh, Toronto's offense. And he's a guy that can break the top off of a defense. And especially if they're hev- heavily on that side with Tavares and uh, Curly Giddens Jr., I, I think Brandon Banks is going to have a big game. I really do. It, it's either he's going to have a big game or he's going to have – one target, zero catches. There's no, he's yeah. not going for like 50 yards and like yeah. four catches. Like he's going for like a monster game or nothing. And That's I, right. I think he's getting the monster game, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go to your Winnipeg defensive X factor. And also I just want to add it with uh, Toronto with a lot along with Harrison banks. I think that Breskovson, uh, you know, he's a vet yes. in this game and I think that he can actually provide some, uh, I think he might be an underrated player that, you know, people might not assume will get a lot of, get of a lot of uh, attempts or catches, but I think, I think I, he might have a, a solid, a solid outing in this game, but I I don't know the status of him though, because I'm looking at Toronto's depth chart from last week's game. He he's not in the depth chart. So, Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure his status. Um, you got Amels there um, playing the other slot position. Uh, Brissette, a uh, good Canadian boy. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure Juwan Breskison's uh, status for this game. Okay, okay. Well, um, I'll move on to Winnipeg, nevertheless. And uh, there are a lot of guys in Winnipeg that you can take. I actually think that Toronto's O-line is going to hold up well against Winnipeg because I think that that's going to be the number one thing that they were like taught and coached this week is O-line, you got to deliver. Like We can't do anything on O-line unless you guys deliver. So I think that they... I so I'm not going to pick any of the Jackson Jeff Coates or Willie Jeffersons or even Adam Adam Big Hills of the world. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Diedrich Nichols, and hey. uh, I think that I think he's the best. I think he's the best secondary member of the of the Blue Bombers at at the moment, and you know we we we've been talking a lot about the the Argos receivers, whether it was Gittens or. Or or um Daniels or Banks or whoever, and they are gonna have a large effect on the game. And I think that secondary needs to step up because as much as I feel like that Toronto's been coached to to try to to try to stop uh Winnipeg's O line, I think just eat just equally enough that Winnipeg secondary has been taught to stop these dynamic receivers. So I'm gonna go with Dietrich Nichols. I think he's gonna take charge and um you know, if, if if he plays well, that could really hurt the really really hurt the passing game. I like it. I like it. I'll go straight into I before I mention uh I'll I'll just go into another matchup uh before I get into my X factors. I think uh that another like big matchup is between the coaches. You got definitely O'Shea, O'Shea who's been here, done that before, vet in this game, one of the 
bona fide Hall of Famer, in my opinion, already as a coach. Um, against a young guy in Dinwiddie. Um, I'm not sure how much experience Dinwiddie's had as a coordinator or quarterbacks coach or a, a, a assistant coach in these games. But, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, an underrated uh, matchup maybe because, you know, the, co the coaches have to make some big decisions in these games, uh, whether it's challenges, field position, like stuff like that. So I think uh, that that could be – that could come into play. I mean, I'm not sure how much. Obviously, the players get the job done, but um, I'm wondering how that will happen. Um, so I'll go into Toronto's X factors. I was going to say Banks. Um, I completely agree. I think he's the X factor, but I'll go somewhere else too. I'll go with Philip Blake, left tackle for for the Toronto Argonauts. It's uh, a good one. With the, with the Riders for a little bit. Um, they got a lot of Darius Blazdick is also on the auto line. Um, Both all-stars, by the way. Both yeah. former all-stars that the Riders let go. Yeah. Um, Blake is going to have to be going against Willie Jefferson or Jackson Jeffco each game, protecting McLeod Bethel Thompson's blind, blind side. Um, I think like, that's, a, that's, a, that's an X factor for me. If he can, first of all, stop them from the athletic as all hell at path rush, pass rushing moves or creating some lanes for Andrew Harris or AJ let to uh, get it going. Then on my uh, defensive side, Jacare Davis, by the way, six gray cups. He's only won one. Yeah. And so, Calgary, uh, right. Uh, yeah. And 2014. Oh, I don't even, I want to say 2014, but I'm not correct. I'm not sure. Who knows? But um, I'm interested in how him and Oakman do. Um, but I, I almost want to say my X factor is I'll, I'll just say Henock Mwamba will be my defensive X factor, a good leader, um, all Canadian or Canadian dude, um, former Saint FX uh, member as well. So and uh, former writer, yeah, maybe don't like him this week, uh, Saint FX. But uh, but I uh, I just want to see that linebacking core in uh, Toronto. You got McManus and Edwards there too. Um, I think McManus and Muamba are obviously their dynamic duo, so I'll be more interested to see what they do. Um, but yeah, a guy that stops the run um, can also play the passing game. So I think that those are my X factors on Toronto's team. And then if we go into uh, Winnipeg, I'll go Nick Dembski. I'll go Nick Dembski is my uh, X factor. I think a lot of the Obviously, you mentioned, mentioned Dalton Schoen. I think a lot of the attention is going to be on that side. Dempsey's going to be playing across from him in the other slot. Um, so I think uh, Dempsey gets a lot of targets. And uh, I think, I'll just say it now, I think Dempsey wins uh, the the most valuable Canadian or most outstanding Canadian of this game. I think Dempsey gets it. I like that a lot, actually. I like that a lot. Um, on the defensive side, I'm not sure who I really wanted to go with on Winnipeg's team, but, um, you know, I, I'm a sucker for linebackers. Give me Adam Big Hill. I'll go with the two middle linebackers on both defenses. He's, he's took a step back this year, but he balled out last week against uh, BC. He's a vet. These he vets who've been he, in these games, like I, they, they thrive. Mm -hmm. They thrive. Yeah. And he's going to have to go against old buddy Andrew Harris. We'll see who, who wins in the battle. Uh, they'll, they'll meet head head on head in one of these holes and uh, who's going to win here. So I think that's my X factor. Max, uh, 
Uh, I know we don't have, we want to get this episode out quick, but I, I'll, I'll get your uh, final score prediction and then your most valuable player or most outstanding player of the game and most outstanding Canadian. I'll do the same thing. All right. All right. So I think that Winnipeg, as much as I want it to be a close game because I'm going to the game and I want it to be interesting, I kind of think Winnipeg is going to destroy. I really hope that isn't the case because I would like it to be a good game. And, um, but if I was a betting man, and if you are a betting man, use bet stamp code WPC. I love it. I would bet on the Bombers. I am going to go final score 21-34. Oh, okay. A, a higher scoring game. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Great Cup. Are, are Great Cups 10 or like higher scoring games normally? Uh, I would say so a lot. They're really close. I mean, how many games? Lots of them go into overtime. I mean, last year's game went into overtime. I would say like pretty high scoring game. Um, uh, We'll talk about betting later on here um, and what the line is. I think the line's at 48 and a half or something like that. So what you're saying is to hammer the over here, but uh, we'll get into that in a yeah. bit. Um, okay. Most outstanding player and most outstanding Canadian here. Well, most outstanding player, I got to give it to either quarterback. I do. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it's a boring answer, but no matter how good, I think the offenses are going to thrive more than anything. And I think I think that if Toronto is going to win, it's going to be, and I think this is an unpopular opinion, I think it's going to be the helm on their of their offense. And I think if Winnipeg is going to win, it's going to be that their helm of their offense. And and they, they, they got, in my opinion, two of the top three quarterbacks in the league playing in this game. And so I think regardless who wins, it's going either MB, MBD, or to Caleros. And then for Canadian, I'm going to take a swing here because I was going to say Nick Dembski. I was going to say Nick Dembski, but I'm going to take a swing, big swing, and say the most outstanding Canadian for this game is going to be Pat Newfeld. If that happens... I wish there was betting and odds on that. I don't even think Pat. I don't even think Newfeld would be on the list. <laughs> no, I don't think he would be. But I, I love Pat Newfeld. Then I'll give I'll, I'll give a quick story. Actually, uh, a few years ago, this was like r- right before COVID. The Bombers actually had just won their championship, and I was at a, I was at a sushi place with my with my dad and brother, and this huge man is walking back from uh, from whatever he was doing, washing his hands or going to the bathroom, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. And then I see on a sweater, 107th Grey Cup champion. So I was like, oh, my yeah. God. And then I follow him, and I see at the table, he's sitting with Brendan Labatt, Dan Clark, and Ben Heenan. And that was Pat Newfeld that just walked by. <laughs> That's wild. That's a legendary offensive line right there. Jeez. No, I know, right? No. Yeah. Want a Grey Cup with that offensive line, half of the Middle East. Yeah, but, yeah. So that was a cool story. So I will forever love Pat Newfeld for that's for that story and that uh, that story alone. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a swing, make things interesting. I, I went boring on my MOP. So most outstanding Canadian, I think it's gonna be Pat Newfeld. I really do. Max, and, if that hap- if that, if that happens, I will e transfer you two hundred dollars. Okay, a very bad. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> for my most outstanding Canadian, if the Argos win, 
I got to I I got to go with uh with Curly Gittens, but I think an underrated one could definitely be e- e- Enoch Mwamba like you said. But yeah. uh I think that if they are goes win, a lot of that offensive production is going to be on Curly Gittens, so I'm going to go Curly. What about you, Zary? Okay. Um I'll go final score prediction. I think it's also going to be a, a higher scoring. What did you say? 30 34-21. Yeah. Okay. Um. I like that. I. Okay. I'll go. I'll go thirty-one to twenty-three. Thirty-one, twenty-three. I think it's going to be very similar to what you said. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Winnipeg wins by a score and a bit. So in this case, eight points. Um. Yeah. I just. I think it'll be in that range above. I don't think the weather will play that much of a factor. Um. I think they'll take care of that turf um it'll be cold but uh who cares and then my uh mop um i think obviously winnipeg's gonna win but i don't think it's gonna be uh claros i'm gonna i'm gonna just go dalton Schoen. i think he balls out i really do um jamal peters is gonna have his handful obviously but i don't know how much they'll actually match up because i uh he, he peters plays uh more on the the outside in the corner and Sean plays uh, in the slot, so I'm not sure how much they will really match up with each other. Same side of the field, so who knows in different packages, and who who knows what they're cooking up in, with the Argos. Um, and then most outstanding Canadian, I'll go with Dembski. I think those two will be the leading players. It, it's weird to say that. I think two two wide receivers winning the two awards, but I think Dembski, like he gets like three catches, six yards. I think he still wins that award for a Canadian. Um, then I'll go over to Toronto if they win. I think you got to go McLeod Bethel Thompson if he wins. And then if I really want to say Andrew Harris, if if he's the workhorse, because he's going to be the workhorse. But uh, another, like you said, Hinoch Mwamba is a, a good wild card in there as well. But uh, I think that uh, if you have anything else, Max, before we move into uh, some betting and other CFL news. No, no. I think. Uh... I think we do got to go into the betting and this betting portion of the episode. You guessed it is sponsored by bet stamp. So Zach, there are some pretty fun bets that you discovered through the bet stamp app. Use code WPC to find uh, some pretty funny bets regarding the, the, the gray cup. Would you like to share? Yeah. So using uh, obviously bet stamp, I went to cool bet and I didn't realize like, CFL obviously getting into the gambling space was huge for them uh, last year. And then they're obviously pumping that out on TSN. Uh, David Sanchez is leading the the betting. Uh, I, I I don't know what his role is, but he's leading the betting thing. And I think it's huge um, for the game. But uh, this is on Cool Bet, a good Canadian uh, sports book. And, uh, you know, I was looking, they got your basic bets, you know, your spread, your, your over, under, money, like, all that sort of stuff. And then there's some weird ass ones that I've never seen before. Um, so I'm going to give, shoot some at max. Tell him, tell, uh, he'll tell me what he likes, what I like. And uh, we'll shoot the shit about some uh, betting stuff. Cause I think this is pretty entertaining. I mean, there's no player props, which is unfortunate or no like Gatorade odds or over under on the national anthem, but there's some pretty good ones that I think is pretty interesting. Okay. Max, the spread, Toronto is plus 5.5. So if they are in uh, within five points, essentially, uh, of Winnipeg, 
they'll get it's minus 110 and uh Winnipeg's minus point five point five. What what do you like here? Hmm. I kind of like Winnipeg. Yeah, I think Winnipeg wins by more than six points, so I'll take yeah. that. I do I do like the odds for Toronto. Um because it could be a close game. I mean, you never know, but uh yeah. safe money's on Winnipeg, fun money's on Toronto. Yeah. Uh Winnipeg is also minus 238 on the money line, so 238 dollars makes you 100 dollars. Toronto on the comeback almost 2 to 1 plus 195. Um over under on this game 48. So are we getting more than 48? Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're yeah. So I think mine was thirty one to twenty, so fifty one or whatever. I forget what I said, but uh, yeah, I think we're going over here. We're both we're both uh, mashing the over here, and yeah, we're both yeah. on Winnipeg's money line. Lock um, in. Yeah. So this is where it gets it starts to get fun here. <laughs> the yacht, maybe not this one. Total touchdowns four point five over under. Over, over, I would say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure to be honest. I might go under on that thing. Mm-hmm. I, I might be. I think there might be just four. Total sacks three point five. Best D line and O lines in the league here. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. I like. I would say one. more. I would say like, I three point five. Yeah, three point five. So four more. Yeah, I would say I. I think there would be four. In a game, in in this game, I'm I actually, especially maybe with Zach's availability, you know, ah, uh, it's tempting that under plus one hundred, it's tempting. First team to score, Toronto or Winnipeg? Probably Winnipeg. I mean, that's probably just safer money. Yeah, uh, they're they're the the, I guess they're minus one fifty six. They're projected. Um, last team to score, Toronto or Winnipeg. I'll go Toronto with that one. And they're plus money. I mean, uh, might, might want to hammer that in plus 110 here. First score of the game, touchdown, field goal, or any other score? Probably field goal. Probably I, field like goal. The, I like the field goal too, plus 140. More, It, it says the touchdown has better odds to happen. I, I'm liking that. I might throw some money on the field goal, to be honest with you. Honestly. It'll be a little fun. Um. Shortage, shortest touchdown yards over under one point five. Gotta go under. There, gotta go under. There's, I, I'm, I would put money that 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 Dakota Prukup, shout out to him again, is gonna do a goal line blitz with inches. Uh, a goal line sneak. At sneak. The one. Thank you. So it's literally you're saying there's gonna be a touchdown of one yard. I think I gotta go the the over on this one. Yeah, it's just that's just one yard, and you're getting. Minus one fifteen. That that's a sweat of a game. Okay, those, those pass interference calls, Zach. You never know in the end zone. Though. I know in the CFL too. Ah, uh, I know, but like that's a that's a good one. Like there's that some, is a good one. That's a good one. There's some, there's some good bets on this one. Okay, will there be a safety in the game? No, I can't remember the last time those CFL games had a safety. I know nah. minus. But who knows? Maybe a snap. There's wind gust or something. That's true. That's that's but that's another good a, point. It's plus seven hundred. Plus I might put might put a sprinkle on it. Might Why not? Honestly, ten dollars to win you seventy bucks. 
damn. The, I Max, I'm I'm telling you, you, you might need to put, put some money on it, and like just like at random times of the game, you're gonna be going crazy for stuff. <laughs> like invest fifty dollars into this and go crazy. Okay, first team to score will win the game. Yes or no? Yes, I would. I would say yes. It's a pretty big favorite, almost two to one odds there. Overtime played. Plus, yes, plus one thousand one hundred. <laughs> I would, ju- I would just, I would just put a couple of bucks on yes. Yeah, put cause... like a dollar return, like that. Might have to do it. Might have to do it. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, will there be three unanswered scores? So no. a TD field goals, no plus one sixty. Huh. So like that, you might want to look into that. Okay. I got some more pre-game opening coin toss, baby. Max, you got to put at least $10 on this heads or tails plus 100. Oh, I'll go heads. Why not? Oh, you're not going tails never fails. Heads. I'm more of a head guy too. When I'm calling the coin toss, I was in high school. I was always heads. Darian Durant always went tails. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going opposite of Darian Durant. I'm going heads. And in <laughs> high school, I always went heads. Don't don't remember my percentage of winning those things, but I was always going heads. Max, I'm telling you, you got to put $10 down and freak the fuck out if it's heads or tails. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to be in the crowd, and as they flip yeah. the coin, fuck yeah. yeah, let's go. And everyone's just so confused around me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Will there will there be a scoreless quarter? Not with these two teams. Yeah, uh, no is minus seven hundred and seventy. Yes is plus five hundred. So the odd makers agree with you. First score five minutes in fifteen seconds or earlier. I think that's a pretty good line. Yeah, you'll think it's five minutes or earlier into the game. I think so. I think so. I might have to go no, but that's even money either way you look at it. Like really? Yeah. So interesting. So that's a pretty good line there. Okay, touchdowns. Winnipeg Blue Bombers total touchdowns two point five over under. Over. Gotta go over. Okay, we'll speed run through some of these. Tell me if you like any of them. If you might play it. Toronto Argonauts total touchdowns two over under. Two uh over. Okay. Longest touchdown yards over under 45.5. Over. Really? You think a big play is gonna happen? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I do. I think I'm I might hit the under on that one. 45.5 is a long. It is, it is, but like on I I I think there's gonna be an absolute bomb thrown. Okay. I might I actually now that I'm interested, might play the under. I'm actually loving that to be honest. But Watch you got a couple of first... strong arms who 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 like to throw deep. I I, yeah. I gotta go over. and good receivers. Okay, exactly. Toronto Argonauts. Okay, these are when it gets wacky. These are some wacky ones. Length of first touchdown fifteen yards over under. Like these are wild. Like <laughs> wow, I'd probably go over. I'd probably go over. And this is where the wacky ones come into play. They they involve yardage. 
Toronto, listen carefully, Toronto Argonauts combined yardage of t- touchdowns over under 42. Gotta be over. That's what I was thinking. That feels like an offline for what it does. Um, yeah, I think you gotta go over. Same thing for the Blue Bombers. Yards, yards of Winnipeg Blue Bombers first touchdown, fifteen point five. I'm going under. I think they're gonna get a running, like eight yard gain or something. Yeah, I think I th- I think that's smart. They'll they'll probably try to get Oliveira going first. So yeah. I would agree with okay, you. I'll, I'd go under. I'm going to blast through some of these. If you want to look at some, if you're a degenerate gambler, look at some of these. Because these are some, I've never seen these odds ever in my life, let alone for a CFL game. So, Winnipeg Blue, okay, total yardage of touchdown scored, 107. I would go under for that that one, honestly. Yeah. Well, I don't that, know. I don't want to contradict big... myself. I can't remember everything that I've said. Yeah, I think you that, are a that little seems bit. Like a lot. I think I gotta go over because I feel like if you get a forty-yard touchdown, it's like half then, right like, there, literally, and then you get like a couple of twenties. But you may oh maybe an under. That's that's why the odds makers do their work is uh, it's pretty damn uh, even here. It really is. Okay. I, I um, I'd probably go under, but I would not be surprised by any means if it went over. Yeah. Um <laughs> will there be a rouge in the game? Hundred percent. That's only minus one twenty. Dude, put money on it. Dude, put money, put money on it. And you're you're gonna freak out when there's a rouge and nobody's gonna under no. <laughs> Are you um, kidding me? Dude, hundred percent there's gonna be a rouge. That's crazy. That's that's even a question. Only minus 120, Max. You got to get on that step. Dude, I'm getting on that one. And you guys know what I'm going to use? That step. Yeah. Uh, Fumble recovered by the opposing team. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Even money either way. Hmm? First time out. (laughs) Yes, these are real bets. Only the CFL. Swear to God. First time out, Max. Oh, oh, I don't know. This is like the coin to- Toronto. Toronto was yeah, probably I, I think Toronto beforehand. I think, I think Toronto's going to get a lock. There's going to be tons of Winnipeg fans. I think Toronto's a lock. Toronto's a lock. They're going to honestly, Ryan you know what? Actually, Ryan I say Dinwiddie's, that now. Ryan when he's going to mess up something. He's going to be hammer. I'm hammering the first time out Toronto here, dude. That's actually a smart bet. I like that one. Okay, um, punter kickoff return for a touchdown. It happened last game with Winnipeg. No, no I don't. Minus, well, minus, Jerry, and, Jerry and Grant's kind of that guy. It's I'll minus say- 2,000. <laughs> what? Plus 900. Oh, I'll say, yeah. You know what? I'll say Jerry and Grant goes the distance yeah, this yeah. game. Why not? Okay, um, I know we ought to talk about CFO awards, so I'll wrap it up, but there's kicking odds. I've never seen kicking odds. There's total combined yardage of field goals in the game. Shortest field goal over under. Longest field goal over under. How many field goals Toronto's making? Winnipeg's making? How many field goals there are in a game? Combined yardage of Winnipeg and uh, Toronto's. So there's some wild ones. I'm gonna be being a, a DGen and putting. I'll put. I'll. I'll probably invest like thirty dollars into this. 
game with some goofy, goofy odds. That's a good amount. Point flip, timeout, rouge. I think I'm investing into that. You have to put money on that rouge. I'm 100% putting money on that rouge now because yeah. that's crazy. I mean, that's what makes the Super Bowl so good is the wacky betting. And it's, you mean the Great Cup? To, no, no, the Super Bowl. Oh, I go on. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But now, now it's great to see the CFLs getting on it. And I love to see it. But I see Max, 100%. 100%. But um, like you said, we'll we'll move on to the award winners for the CFL, like the MLB. They just came out this week, actually yesterday, I think. And um, yep. I'll just uh, I'll give you guys the rundown. So MLP was between Gino Lewis and uh, Caleros. I didn't. That was no no question that Caleros was going to win that. Really, yeah. You have uh, most outstanding Canadian between Curly Gittins and Nathan Rourke. This one definitely could have gone either way. Especially because with Rourke being injured. That, exactly, right? And so it's – I think if Rourke was, like, here the, or uh, healthy the whole season, he would have been a lock for it. But with him missing a lot of time, there was – a and Curly Gittins becoming, you know, an all-star, there was a lot of questions about, you know, what's, what was going to happen and what he was going to be – or what where this award was uh, going to end up. But it ended up in the hands of Kid Canada. And I'm happy about that because I think that period Nathan Rourke is – I think Nathan Rourke is the best quarterback in the CFL. I just don't think that he got a, re- a real chance to prove it this year. And he might not be because he might be headed off to the NFL. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that uh, there is news that like two-thirds of the NFL teams are already interested. He had booked a whole bunch of tryouts already. Yeah. So uh, he might be off to the NFL and uh, for good reason, and you love to see it. Um, I mean, if – Fucking, what's his face? I can't even think of him. Winnipeg Blue Bombers former quarterback, Chris Strebler. If Chris Strebler <laughs> can be in the NFL, anyone can be in the NFL. Nathan Rourke can be in the NFL, but uh, continue, Max. But um, so I was I was happy about that one. Did 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 you think that uh, Kid Canada should have gotten it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, we'll go to most outstanding offensive lineman, and who who. Who'd you think won it? Who's won it the past decade? <laughs> it it was Stanley Bryan. It was Stanley yeah. Bryan. He's the best offensive lineman. He's a he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a lock for the Hall of Fame. He's a Great Cup champion. He's all star. He's everything that you can be named. He is one of the best offensive linemen of all time. Shout out to him. I think Brandon Revenberg was the other nominee out in Hamilton. He had a good year, but no one no no one no one's touching Bryan. And uh, not a whole lot to say about that one. Yeah, go to you go to defensive player. I mean, I I think people know how me and Zach feel. Sankey should have won it. Like Sankey should have been the West. He wasn't even the West guy. I was. He wasn't even an All Star in the West. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's some. We don't even need to talk about the CFL All Star debacle of 2022. A real low point. So painful. So. Sankey, you should have won it, was there. But instead of Sean Lemon was there. And it... what? Not even a, like a, a good year, a pretty good year. Dude, I can't even, like, if you're going to replace Darnell Sankey with Big Hill and Judge. Yeah. You have to then just treat them like the best player in the world. But they're like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to give it to the guy with 12 sacks. And it's like, cool. The other guy had 17. Who's going to win it? Put someone, put it, uh, oh, it was so painful. But Lorenzo Malden won. 
the defensive end from Ottawa beat Sean Lemon. Big shot. Well deserved. And um, you know, I didn't I don't I didn't really think that was a question. I think if it was him and Sankey, if 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 you want to say that Molden was better than Sankey, go sure. I don't I don't I'm not gonna really argue that. But he should Sankey should have been the 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 representative from the West. But we're past that. And now we're gonna go to the most outstanding special teams player. And if you are a fan of the Riders, then you share our frustration for what happened last night. Mario Alford won most outstanding special teams player without being an all-star. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? What? And it's not like the all-stars in the middle of the season. It's like other leagues. It, it is, it's at the end. It's at the end. What? Yeah. This is why this is why all like all-star in CFL is so political, man. Like I don't like you you don't trust it anymore. And like you know Darnell Sankey woke up, wasn't an all-star. Mario Alfred woke up, wasn't an all-star. Dude, they put their phone down and probably took another nap because it's political. It's not about they had like 10 Bombers players, 10 Argo players. It was crazy. They did not deserve to be there. And Mario Alford, you, no one was even complaining that he wasn't really nominated. Yeah, well, I mean, there was some complaints that he wasn't. I feel like there was a lot of complaints. I feel like there was. But I don't think, it was like, I think that Sankey had more like complaints about him not being an all-star than Alford did. Yeah. And then you bring him on and make him, like that, it it's it's bewildering, man. It is, it's disappointing to say the least. It's disappointing from the CFL. This is this this is 2013 NBA Defensive Player of the Year. If you know, you know. LeBron should have won it, but it went to Marcus All, who wasn't on the All NBA first team. It's a joke. You can tell that it is just political, and the best like it. It it was a joke. That's all I can say. The, the awards were well done, I thought. I thought the presentation was well. And last night went well. The ceremony looked good. But everything, all of this gets ruined by how the All-Stars were handled. Yeah. Bad. Um, Mario Alford, the lone, one of the lone bright spots on that Riders team. Well-deserved. He's coming back. He re-signed uh, a couple of days ago. Yes, Super sir. Mario. Uh, that was one of the good trades uh, Jeremy O'Day and company made uh, this season. Uh <laughs> bringing in him uh that was a really good trade he he was only on the team for like half the season or uh, probably a bit more two-thirds but yeah, um he, he got traded uh he got traded from montreal like the day after saskatchewan played them yeah yeah so it was good to see mario alford get his recognition i think he he'll take that over the all-star any day of the week and then coach of the year michael shea won it i thought honestly now that i think about it maybe dave campbell or uh uh, Campbell and BC could have had it just out of the West, but uh, I mean you can't go wrong with O'Shea there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you just have to give it to O'Shea again because how can you not like? Mm-hmm. You can be like, yeah, he was good, but it was like it was Mike O'Shea though. It's he's he's the, he's the coach of our generation and uh, well deserved. But I agree with you, Campbell definitely could have uh, been in that conversation, but. But uh, Steinauer, I believe, 
lost out to uh no, it was Dinwiddie, wasn't it? I think it was Dinwiddie. Yeah, okay. Dinwiddie lost out to to O'Shea. Coincidentally, the two teams that are in the playoffs right now are in the Great Cup right now. So Yeah. Max, but, I um, think that uh that wraps it up here. Yeah, gave you gave you the special, gave you our thoughts, gave you matchups, X factors, bets, and uh the award winners. So hope you enjoy uh episode 40, our Grey Cup special. We'll be back at it next week. You never know again. Could be Zoom, could be in person. And uh Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh we'll see you next week. Have a good one and uh watch the Grey Cup. Like a bongo, I'm a diddy to a neck, yeah. I'm a diddy to a tonsil.